know, which means this must be... Now, good afternoon and welcome to another episode of Pillars of Franchising. My name is Kristen Shelmetzi and today we're live in our little studio here in Glendale Heights, Illinois. And with me today we have a nice folks from Bank of America. But first, Karen, we've got some news to talk about for the word on the street. We absolutely do. So very interesting. Yeah. Um, so so Subway just announced last week that, that it had been uh, it, it entered into a definitive agreement with Work Capital. They're a private equity company. Yes. And and Work has a, some experience and purchasing a lot of food companies absolutely yeah. yeah absolutely well you know I've read the the article with you and we've kind of been going back and forth to see you know is this a good thing is this a bad thing as you all know we talk on this show a lot lately it seems about the subway model and some of the feedback the franchisees are giving as well as some of the rules and regulations that have come out of the subway franchisor so, Karen, what do you think about some of these changes? Do you see mostly positives, mostly negatives? Well, you know, as we were talking, I think it depends upon who you are. If yeah. you're the franchisor, it's a great thing because they were really struggling. They didn't have the trust of the franchisee. They, they were struggling with even changes to make, transformation. They knew they had to put some more money into, uh, into the, the, the brand right. and, and all that. If you look at it from the franchisee point of view, they might be a little happy they have somebody new to work with, right? But I'd be worried if I were them about about competition because one of these was taking a look at the list. It's Jimmy John's. Yeah, and Jimmy how John's weird is that? Yes. Well, and, and, it, and it does bring to light an interesting thought. You know, in a lot of the platform companies, not specifically say private equity, but in right. several similar situations, when a big corporation has two brands that directly compete. Typically, one gets phased out, and Absolutely. it really interests me to see how this goes down because Subway has been around for a lot longer than Jimmy John's, but its reputation has really been bruised lately, both from, I think, the, um, the customer side, the franchisee yes. side, so it'll be really interesting to see you know, where that goes, and you know, the issue, I think, you know, is that Rourke has so many QSRs and sit-down restaurants, mm -hmm. the fast casual models, that I'm wondering what kind of control they might have over some of their vendors. Agreed. Yes, because it's, it's the, the, the lot of reach, right. right, where then all of a sudden they have, if you want to call it, you know, use the word monopoly, Yeah. right, where all of a sudden then there's a lot of like um, making sure that with their vendors, it's like, well, this is what we want to buy and do. Yeah. And so it might not be good for their vendors. Yeah. Well, and you know, quite frankly, Rourke is not known as a company, you know, they just went through this huge rebrand with Arby's, right? Arby's has gone, you know, we have the meats. If you yes. think back a couple years ago, that was their big rebranding. And so when you rebrand, that is not something that the franchisor takes all the cost. That all gets passed on the, to the franchisees. Absolutely. We've done some of that with the Neighborly <laughs> brand. And so, uh, you know, when you're dealing with an angry bunch of bees already, and right. now you say, hey, congratulations, you're part of this big you know, work capital, we've got all these brands, but now we're going to rebrand you again. Right. At some point, I think we're going to see the franchisees really squawking. Exactly, because I think one of their issues was 
actually it was some of the royalties they were paying and they felt like it was kind of really squeezing them yeah so this is going to add this is going to add more to that conversation absolutely so listen if you're a subway franchisee or an ex-subway franchisee we would love to hear from you i'd love to interview and talk about what you actually experienced because going through a rebranding myself it can be really challenging transitioning from a smaller franchisor into a big conglomerate again there's a lot of moving parts a lot of confusion so please go online visit us at pillarsoffranchising.com so we can have a conversation with you and talk about what is it in like in the life of a subway franchisee sounds good hey franchise owners how's your local marketing do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews do you wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new movements to your local area? At Westvine, we help franchisees like you reach more local customers through digital marketing. With daily monitoring, creative content, and ad placement, and customer data intelligence, we'll get your business in front of the people who want your products or services. We also work with franchisors who need an agency to handle the digital marketing for all of their locations. If you're ready to reach more local customers, give us a call at 805-265-5440 or visit us at westvine.com. That's 805-265-5440 or westvine with a y.com. And welcome back to Pillars of Franchising. As promised, today we have with us Steve Shoemate and Annette Mazur from Bank of America. So today we're going to talk to both of them. It's very nice to meet you both. Thank we're you. going to talk to them about how Bank of America make, can make franchise funding easy. Karen, would you like to start us off? So I would. I, I looked at how long have you been in the uh, kind of the whole SBA franchise space? It's kind of a, a two-part question. The, the bank has been doing the franchise piece for about 10 years now. We, we started a team mirrored after our medical group because we knew there was a niche there. So we started that in about 2014. We've continued to grow that. The SBA piece, we've been doing SBA loans forever, but Annette can address that, that piece. That's her specialty in terms of how long we've been doing that. Yeah. For as long as we've been doing lending, so uh, <laughs> Bank of America has been a preferred lender for um, decades uh, and uh, yeah we were perfect lender to make things that, that makes things easier for 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 the bank to offer financing to our clients and I'm sure you have some questions about that yeah <laughs> absolutely well it's great because everybody knows Bank of America right yeah. and so um, in, in most communities have a local Bank of America right there so what makes you more competitive than some of the other banks out there when it comes to franchise lending Two, two things come to mind immediately. One is the fact that our SBA loans have a fixed rate. A lot of okay. people do a, a prime rate plus, and as we all know with the prime interest rate, doing what it has past two years, they're just getting killed with rates, you know, 10, 10.5% 10 now. Yeah. Our rates are um, typically under prime and they're fixed, so franchisee can plan accordingly and they don't have to worry that two years, five years from now their payment's going to increase greatly. Um, the other thing that I love about our team, and I think this is a lot different than what most banks have, we do have a team dedicated to franchisees. So awesome. if somebody okay. comes to me that's 
a manufacturer and they want to buy a commercial building, right. I'm not able to help them because all I do is franchise lending. And we've got a team that works with the franchisors. They work with that group. We understand what the initiatives are. Just this morning I got a email from one of our team members letting us know what one of the franchisors new initiative is for the fall so we know how awesome. to help them better. Um, we've got underwriters that are dedicated to the franchise space. We've got relationship managers that only work with franchisees. So it wasn't Subway, was it? <laughs> no. <laughs> I had one day called you and said, don't we're going to redo this design package. I got the goods on that one. I yeah. can get an email on that. No, no inside scoop there yet. <laughs> okay, all right, good, good. You know, I, I, why would someone want to um, have a, a, a loan, an SBA loan, versus just a regular loan? What are some of the nuances and differences? One of, one of the great things, um, as Annette mentioned earlier, we're a preferred lender with the SBA. So that streamlines the process a great deal. Um, you know, in, any banker, any bank can do a franchise loan. They can um, do an SBA loan. Mm -hmm. But with our group, we've got a team that specializes in franchise lending. We've also got experts that only do SBA lending. So that helps the, the process more smoothly. Someone like Aneta can come in and answer the questions and advise them on the pros and cons. Quite often we'll discuss a conventional loan versus an SBA loan. Okay. The benefits of why this might be more helpful for you compared to that. Let the franchisee decide what's going to be in their best interest going forward. Are you familiar, have you seen kind of a, um, a climb in loans or a decline based on these interest rates going up? Un unfortunately for us we've seen a little bit of a um, decrease. A, a few mm -hmm. more people are just on the fence right. trying to trying to decide. Mm -hmm. I've, yeah. I've talked to several people where I've been approved for an additional territory. I'm going to wait a few months and see yeah. what the market market has. So I, I have seen more people maybe waiting a little bit more hesitant. Um, but again with with our program being a fixed rate, and we do a lot of yeah. refinancing. Mm -hmm. um, they can get into it today with a fixed rate, know what their payments are going to be, if the rate decreases or when the rates decrease, yeah. if they decrease enough, they can jump back in. There's no prepayment fee. So they can awesome. jump back in, take advantage of that, refinance it, and kind of have the best of both worlds. Well, I think that's really important. And we have talked with various lenders on the show in the past. And um, I know in one particular episode, we talked specifically, and I want to remind people that a lot of lenders out there will go prime plus two. So again, this is a great advantage that you have and that it's just prime and it's flat. And um, I think you know when you're out there looking for money, make sure that you don't just go to anybody, really research and make sure that you can plan on what that payment's gonna be for he from here to the next 10 years rather than having this ebb and flow of cash flow. Absolutely. So when, when someone comes in to the bank and they, um, they want to start talking with you about loans. What would be your advice to them before they even get in there? What's some information they should be bringing with them? What should they know as they're talking with you about loans? The, there are a handful of things that that really help them and and help us. Um, you know, if you know what your liquidity position mm -hmm. is, if you know where you're going to get your down payment, how that's going to look, whether you have it in savings, if you're going to do a rob, if you're going to mm -hmm. um, take family into the the situation. Um, have they considered what their structure is going to look like in terms of the entity? Is it going to be an LLC with one member? Is it going to be three equal partners? 
Um, they also need to look at um, some things in terms of the loan itself and, and qualifications, credit score. Do they know what their credit score is? Do they know if they've got any issues that's going to make it more difficult for them to get a loan? And with Bank of America, if you have three people that are applying and two people have great credit, that one person can put the whole deal in jeopardy. So you wow. want to know what all of the members look like. And, and, and sometimes yeah. you wouldn't think about that. No. Mm -hmm. So it's good to have all that when you go in, you're armed with that information, which is yep. probably going to make the it's going to make the process go a little bit smoother. Mm -hmm. We offer we yeah. offer good advice. We always spend the quality time with our clients to help them understand what's needed. Very transparent in the process, so they come prepared. They know what to expect. Uh, we absolutely want to avo avoid any surprises in the in the future. Yeah. So it's part of the building a good client experience. That's excellent. That's excellent. So, what about for your Bank of America clients? Do they tend to kind of get a leg up? Does that help them maybe qualify more qualify more quickly? What is that like for someone who's a, a Bank of America customer? It, it's helpful because we we know the business we know we know the client we can see what what their balances are um, we, we've got programs where depending on the the level of their deposit relationship with us that'll give them a discounted interest rate on certain loans mm -hmm. so from that aspect there's that familiarity where we know what their business is and and we know how long they've been in business things like right. that um, we do have the the discounted program for our preferred members so it absolutely helps us but um, again to Annette's point we will sit down and have that conversation get to know them get to understand how they got started get to understand their liquidity position in that first conversation or two to make sure we're brought up to speed awesome I like to know how, how long is the approval process because so many people talk yeah. about that where it yeah. can be anywhere mm -hmm. from weeks to months so in your case what is the approval process the, <laughs> or how long is it, it the from the time we get all of the the documents we need and that's probably the biggest part i would say <laughs> ah, that, that's where it takes <laughs> longer right. that's right. <laughs> the people that i don't, don't have yeah, the birth certificate of right. first born. <laughs> <laughs> exactly 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 no we we do a i think we do a great job and then i've worked with with several clients and we will we will say these are the things that we need and from there we'll we'll follow up mm -hmm. with an email and we'll we need the tax returns personal business things like that once we have all of that, um, normally we, we put that through a review process, make sure we've got a full package for an underwriter, or as we call them, an approval officer, to review once they get it. It's usually turned around within about five days. So oh, from the that's, time- That's really fast. And, and that way we'll, we'll have a decision. Within that, we, we may have a, a slight delay because mm -hmm. the approval officer may have some questions. Sure. I need better explanation of this or things like that, but um, assuming we've got everything, we can um, get the approval within five days or so, and then from there we'd, we go into the process of fulfilling the loan, and we may need a business valuation or a property appraisal, uh -huh. equipment appraisal, things like that before we can actually fund the loan. Yeah. See, go ahead. I, I was just going to say it's very, really interesting because I talk with a lot of people who are they want to go out and buy a franchise and they're trying to decide what model but in the meantime it's a matter of well how much money do I really have like how, what, what can I get in the loan and so I think the benefit of working with a consultant a broker a coach a mentor whatever we want to call the the person who helps you find the franchise is that they can also help you walk through the process mm -hmm. because 
often you're looking for a business plan, you're work, looking for a break-even analysis, right? And all of that information, yeah, yes. it all comes from the FDD, from the operations agreement, and so you, it, it can become overwhelming at times, and certainly, um, you know, having a great credit score is the first step to kind of understand what you're um, going to qualify for, but have you had a lot where they go for one model and maybe they don't qualify for that much, but they qualify for less, so they've had to switch? It, it, it's funny you mention that because I've, I've got one today where where we got an approval this morning uh -huh. on a loan that um, we had we had tried initially to do the entire amount and the the numbers didn't didn't work out to where we felt comfortable, and we went back with a another option, and we've been working with. The broker and the seller and the buyer all together and we redid the uh, structure of the loan to make sure that it looked like something that would would work mm -hmm. and the seller agreed to take on a larger portion of the seller note sure and we we adjusted that so that the uh, bank of america note was a little bit less and the okay. numbers all worked out so it absolutely uh, works out that way to to where we'll go in with with one idea that we think is the best and as we look at it things change or their their mind changes maybe they want to put more money in and right. and we'll adjust it and, and we try to be flexible to, to make sure we can get an approval that everyone's comfortable with well and the price I would assume remains the same right I think we talked about it's just a matter of how they get the money and when exactly yeah that's great I, I like it that you take them through the process and they understand the process because then if there's some nuances along the way they're not like totally totally surprised mm -hmm. and, and one thing I learned <laughs> years ago is is that during that process uh, whenever I kind of finish that initial conversation mm -hmm. I always say I will definitely be calling and asking for another document yes. of some kind because <laughs> this is the initial list but inevitably something comes up and we we will need something else so, so don't think this is the end of it there'll there'll be additional things we we asked for because um, we do want to make sure that we help manage their expectations and help them understand the full process. Exactly. Awesome. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm curious, one of these that we had talked about earlier too, just about, you know, Chris and I had talked about SBA and how they eliminated their list yeah. and the list of you know, franchisors. So how is, how is by them eliminating that list, how has that really changed your process? Um, I'll, I'll give my opinion. I'll, I'll let okay, great. Annette do, do hers as well. But I, from, from my vantage point, I think it helps us, it makes us more flexible, it gives us the ability to to look at any franchises we want. And um, you know, before, if a name wasn't on the list, we had to work with the SBA and, and uh, slows down the process, okay. things like that, uh, where today they've given that all back to the banks, and the banks look at that, and if we're comfortable with the brand, we jump in and we can, um, we can work with it, it gives us a little bit more uh, ability to, to make that determination. More control. Exactly. Like over it too. Mm -hmm. I used to be, I, I, I worked with one, one franchisee who, whose franchisor was not a part of the SBA list, approved SBA list, and it took them months to get on that list so we oh. can finance them through SBA. So obviously that will make things definitely much easier, much yeah. quicker. Mm -hmm. We will require franchise franchise agreement and has to meet certain standards, um, but yeah, definitely make things simpler. I, I think one other advantage with Bank of America, since we have that entire team that's dedicated to the franchise space, mm -hmm. it's going to allow us to make those determinations much quicker because 
we know industries that that we like and we know industries that are successful and um, we've got a group of people who are probably familiar with those brands um, you know unlike a local bank or a regional bank who just doesn't have that expertise that somebody like Bank of America does. What about your local branches? I mean, I like to go to my local bank and, you know, whether I'm refining a loan or whatnot, does every branch have somebody that knows you're in the franchise space now? I'll, I'll say every branch should know that, mm -hmm. that we have someone mm -hmm. in the space. Um, we've got a, a nice network where um, the branches work with a local small business banker. Mm -hmm. That small business banker works very closely with both of us. So if somebody comes in, and we have this happen quite frequently, a franchisee comes in, they want to expand and buy another location, or they want to buy a building, and they talk to the teller. The teller will reach out to the small business banker, who then gets us involved, and, and it gets to the right person with the right specialty. We'll bring in our SBA partners to make sure that, that we can assist them the, the best way possible. But awesome. that's one of the things I'd, I love about the bank is we've got people that um, have that expertise and I don't know everything about SBA loans so I go to Annette and she <laughs> she corrects me when I when I say something I shouldn't. Well, like we all need yeah. a little correction now. That's <laughs> it, that's right. But I like it because you have the relationship, you're thinking about the relationship, and then you also need the depth, the depth mm -hmm. of knowledge. Mm -hmm. I mean, you really need both of those many times in servicing customers. Yep. So it seems like you've, you've kind of attended to all those different pieces. And let's talk a little bit about what kind of um, client is ideal for you right now. The kind of kind of the the joke that we all have in the, the banking industry is the the client that has a ton of money that doesn't <laughs> of course that doesn't need that to doesn't borrow need money and yeah. has a has a great credit score that that would be the the unicorn that we look for. Um, no, I, I think um, for me personally, somebody that's well educated in what they want to do, they mm -hmm. they fought it out. Um, I've got horror stories of, of people that just have no idea what they what they want to do and that makes our ability to help them much more challenging but um, somebody that um, kind of knows their finances knows what their liquidity position is knows what kind of brand they want to buy what kind of investment they want to make whether that's I, I want to get a small brand that that's going to be a hundred and fifty thousand or we're, we're going to jump in with, with a larger brand, and I'm looking at a $1.5 million total purchase. Just yeah. um, someone that, that kind of understands the, the big picture and, and understands what's going to be involved with that. Okay, good. I'd like to know, you know, what if you, in talking with all the different franchisors and people that, you know, that, that you deal with, what's the one piece of advice that you'd give them? The, the one piece of advice that <coughs> that I think is um, really important is to ask a lot of questions and make sure that you ask the tough questions, the questions you may not even want the answer to because right. those are going to be the most helpful for you. But um, don't rely on just one source. The, the thing that, that we like about what we offer at Bank of America is the fact that we feel that you go out and you talk to a lot of different people and get a lot of different opinions. At the end of the day, we feel real confident that, that we're gonna be able to offer a really good solution. But talk to a couple different bankers, talk to a, a lawyer, make sure that you have a lot of questions, you ask a lot of questions, and certainly talk to 
the franchise owners and um, sure. and find out the, the successes as well as the challenges so that you go into it with a realization of what's really expected. You know, you just made me think of something. Our, our friends over at uh, Vetted Biz, Patrick, he often talks about within an industry or a brand how many loans fail. You know, if they've got 100 loans and of 100, you know, 30 loans have failed, you better really think about, like, is that good enough statistics for you to go and, and invest in a brand like that? So I think that's a good point. And just quickly, can you tell us a little bit, is it our franchisors out there are listening and they want to understand what can they do, what should they do, what would you like them to do to start building a relationship with Bank of America so that maybe it's easier for their potential franchisees to make to get some money? Mm -hmm. um, again, we've, we've got a team that works with the franchisors at that level and, okay. and we participate in their conferences, conventions, um, monthly or quarterly phone calls so that we know what their initiatives are, we know what their their goals and plans are and, and what their struggles are and that way we can we can work with with them and um, what I would ask is feel free to reach out to to me through the website and I'll be happy to put them in touch with with someone that can give them more specific guidelines and, and pointers for uh, for making that happen with their franchisees. Probably building the relationship early before they even need the money, right? Right. Because mm -hmm. right. too many times we walk in when we need it and then we're building the relationship and trying to get the money or get the loan. And so the more you can do ahead of time, probably that also helps this, it go faster. You want to come prepared. You want to build up your liquidity position, have enough funds in the bank account, have enough to be able to start the business, you know, bring the, the skin of the game we, we're looking for. Some kind of, we're going to be looking for so, some kind of equity injection. You have to put some money down. We're going to finance the rest, typically on the SBA side, 90% of the total transaction. So require the 10% down. We'll also require to see that you have enough in liquidity post-closing to run the business and manage all of the operating expenses. So You know, that's a great yeah. point. And we <laughs> talked yesterday when we met about the fact, and, and Ray and I love to talk about this, is that whatever the franchisor estimates that you're going to need, right? We always say two to two and a half times that number because like after we opened, we had the recession and then some businesses opened and guess what? Then they hit COVID. And yes. so you always have something going on, whether it's an election year or there's, you know, a pandemic or there's, you know, fallout in the financial system. So, you know, we always advise people, whatever that franchisor number is, double it, maybe a little extra. Worst case, you pay it back early, but you have it there because what a lot of people don't realize is it's very difficult to, especially if you're replacing income and supporting your family, it's difficult to imagine what it's like um, with no paycheck, which is really what happens, right? You have to, you're, you kind of are paying yourself out of this money that you've um, borrowed. Um, just to keep your lifestyle the same. And not everybody can just say, okay, we're opening a business today, so we're going to eat out one time a month as opposed to five times a week. I mean, those kinds of changes are really hard. Mm -hmm. And yes. so just be over-prepared. Um, that's, you know, two to five years, most businesses close. Not, not necessarily the franchise system per se. We have better statistics than that, but certainly um, individual businesses. And we just don't want to have any victims of circumstance when it comes to finances. Exactly. Well, and, and to your point, um, we mentioned yesterday, we have a client right now that wanted to put 30% down on their mm -hmm. note, and, and we didn't, of course, tell them what to do, but we said, please consider making a smaller down payment 
that way you have more cash on hand should something come up we can still finance that but a year 18 months two yeah. years down the road you can pay that back if you don't need it but we'd rather you feel comfortable and having cash available to to meet an opportunity or an expense that you're not aware of a lot less stress right? oh my gosh right and all it takes is a hockey accident exactly. right yeah you have to replace new teeth in the front <laughs> we had to throw that in for fred because he said absolutely no sports talk on the show so uh, uh, and there would have been no sports talk we like sports talk <laughs> Anyway, so I want to thank you both for being on the show today. It's been a great pleasure. We hope that you've all learned something um, about Bank of America and just how easy they make it for folks that are looking to get into the franchising space. And um, again, Anetta Mazur and Steve Shoemate, we will have all of their information online, but is there a specific place you'd like people to contact you if they would like to reach out today, tomorrow, in the near future? Again, my, my information is uh, going to be on the Pillars of Franchising website, my email or my uh, phone number there is going to be great and uh, I'll respond immediately if you reach out. Same here. Excellent. Well, thank you thank both you. for being here. Sure thank you. Yeah, it was a great, great time with you both. So thank you very much. We'll be right back after this. 50 graduates resulted in seven new franchisees owning eight franchise brands, more than a dozen skilled graduates who are employees of franchise companies, all of them having earned a concentration in franchising exclusively granted by the Titus Center at Palm Beach Atlantic University, plus more than 80 franchise professionals on our advisory board. The Titus Center for Franchising is on fire in West Palm Beach, Florida. What do you need to join us? My students want to hear from you. They may even want to buy your franchise or work for your company. TitusCenter.com. And we'd like to thank you all for joining us again today. We've got a special treat for you next week as well. Join us next week uh, for Scott Greenberg with the Wealthy Franchisee book that he has out and some exciting news. And also we'll have Carmela Marsala from SprayNet on with a great interview about his brand and what he's done to um, help the environment and people in their homes when it comes to paint. I'd like to thank all of you for joining us on Pillars of Franchising today. Thank you especially to Steve Shoemate and Anata Bazur for uh, coming out from Bank of America to shed some light on the ease of franchising financing. A shout out to our team of Million Dollar Mentors, Jerry Akers, Karen Kimsey-Sward, Ray Pillar, and our very own Legal Eagle franchise lawyer who's getting married this weekend, Laura List. Congratulations, Laura. I hope you're watching. I'm sure she's watching, right? Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm Kristen Shalmatsi, your fourth million-dollar mentor. This has been another episode of Pillars of Franchising. We'd like to wish you all a very safe and happy Labor Day weekend. We'll see you next week wherever you get your podcast at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time. Have a great weekend.